Hello. Hi, John. How are you? Hi, Merlin. Are you doing well? Merlin, man. I got to work on something better. What do you recommend? <laughs> what do you think? What would you? How would you like your name sung? Hmm. It's not really. A, it, my name isn't as singable as your name. It's like picking Merlin a man. Is like it's like asking for a Christmas present, right? I should come up with something. Well, I don't know. I mean, that people have tried to give me theme music. I've always felt like the the best theme music I ever had. I bought a, I was on tour one time and bought a, one of those little ninety nine cent keyboards in a thrift store, and it had it had uh, like ten presets on it, preset buttons like that played little themes, and one of them just said Oriental. <laughs> which, of course, is congratulations, great. John. That's a new yeah. record. 54 seconds to ping pong. (laughs) When you pressed the button, the keyboard is a little 8-bit keyboard. It just went... And so I carried that keyboard around (laughs) on tour for like three weeks. And every time, like before I would enter a room, I would just hold the keyboard through the door and push the button. After like a month of that, how much fear that horrible little sound would strike in someone's heart? It was so great because it was one of those jokes that that stopped being funny and then got really funny and then got really funny. And I just love this. I just wish I had a hat that like played that music everywhere I go. I used to want a vest like that. Today they call it a soundboard. Like you go to a page and you can make Arnold Schwarzenegger noises or the Big Lebowski. I always wanted a vest. You know, hmm. b- b- played sad trombone or um, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Something like that or boing. Like, <laughs> I don't want. I, you gotta gotta be honest with you. I, I, I don't think of myself as a dis- dishonest person. I don't want to have an entire affected like fake audience, but mm-hmm. I would like the opportunity to punctuate my own not that funny jokes with a sound effect. <sighs> you, 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 there's a part of you that wants to be a morning DJ. It's a very, very small part <laughs> that, that probably got dropped a lot. You'd I, be a great morning DJ, though. I could be a morning DJ. It's I don't mind getting up early. I don't like driving. The thing is, you could have been a morning DJ. I could have that, been a lot of things, John. At our age, mm-hmm. we really have to transition from talking about things that we want to do or could oh, do. Oh, God, yes. Start talking about things that we could have done. The like, big transition. Got I could it have been in mm-hmm. the special forces. Yes. But I am now no longer eligible for the special forces. I should have listened to my bowling coach because he told me something that sticks with me to this day. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Ask a question. You have a question at this point. You, you had a bowling coach. <laughs> John, you can't have a bowling team without a coach. <laughs> no, wait, wait, let me take it back. Let me, let me, let me strike that. It was, uh-huh. not, it was not a bowling team. It was a bowling club. Right. Okay. So he was a he was a club leader, a bowling. I was in bowling advisor. club. I've been he was in a, a bowling lot of clubs. That's a good way to put it. I mean, he, I think he regarded himself as a coach. He had one of those little those creepy little mitts you wear when you're a serious bowler. You know, what? you know those creepy little things that like bowler guys wear. Not, not you're not talking about a glove. It's a kind of glove, but it's a really it, it, it's, it's like, like a swimming glove, like. It's a webbed. It's webbed and something. <laughs> I just I've never seen somebody wearing one of those who didn't look a little bit like a discount supervillain. What I'm at, what I'm wondering is, does that give you an unfair advantage in the in bowling? The only I mean, unfair th- advantage is what Mr. Trapani taught me, which is starting when you're young. He would say Mr. he was Trepani. also the graphics. He was also the graphics teacher, the uh, graphic did he arts te- teacher. Did he teach AP history? 
<laughs> no, that was a guy who looked like Jabba the Hutt, Mr. Dellison. <laughs> Boy, uh, you would have liked. You would have liked. Note, I'm going to make a note card about AP history. Uh, oh, this I, is my first I write that note down? card okay. I've made. Oh, congratulations, John! Episode A-P what? Sixteen, seventeen? History. Let's come back to Mr. Dellison. Well, I can tell you this quickly, and then we should get. But he back. said, "What? What? What was his advice?" Mr. Dellison or Mr. Uh, Trapani? Mr. Trapani. Mr. Trapani. I'm going to write this on two cards just so I don't forget Dettlesson. His wife was the, 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 the dean of girls, so that seems like some kind of racket to me. Um, Mr. Trapani, uh, this is eighth grade. I, I really like graphic arts, you know, where you like learn to use a compass and a protractor and make uh, ortho, orthographic, orthogonal. What are they called? The 3D-looking drawings? You know, like the cube, the mysterious 3D cube? So, yeah, perspective. I learned perspective. Well, in a sense, capital P. You learned a kind of perspective. I learned a kind of perspective. (laughs) The kind of perspective you can get in Pasco County in 1980. Um, Mr. Tremaine said he would say ruefully. Ruefully, he would say. Uh, I think he's from the tri-state area. I'm guessing he was in New Jersey. Ruefully. He said it with rue. With that kind of glove, you make a lot of rue. And he said, he said ruefully, he said, and he'd shake his... Oh, he was rueful. Rueful. Yeah. yeah. And so he would shake his his bearded head, and Mm. he'd say... Guys, I really wish I had started doing this when I was 14. He says, because bowling is one of those games where right. if you started, if you guys took this seriously, he was super nice. He yeah, said, yeah. if you stick with this and you do this a couple, three times a week, you, you could go be, to the show. You could go to the show. You go all the way to the top, playing with the big boys, wearing the, wearing the metal cleats, whole yeah, nine. Yeah. <laughs> and, he said, and he said, look, that's the thing. Now, you know, I, don't, I, I, I inferred. In that's retrospect, true of, that's true of everything. That's true of tap dancing. That's not true. That's not if true. You, I mean, that's the that's, that's Zoe Deschanel's secret. She started young. And she started on all that I think stuff. It's pronounced yeah. Zoe. You, uh, I don't think that's true of football. I think you have to be uh, a thyroid case. I think you got to be a little goofy. Oh no, no! I mean, you certainly have to be big, but but that's self selecting. You have to be gay. Not really. I don't think. I don't think that's a prerequisite. Okay, that's no, gonna be that you can't prove. You a have negative. to like dog fighting. It's hmm. a good point. Um, no, I think, I mean, some of that stuff is self-selecting. Golf, Certainly, I, I bet golf, I bet golf, if you try really hard at golf, you get good. I bet you do get good. Yeah. That's there are a lot of, I mean, there are a lot of things that you can't get good at no matter how hard you try if you're a motard. Hmm. Right? I mean, that's. Hmm. That's good. But I, but I don't think. God, I wish we had that word. There's two words you and I love that we just can't use. There's two, think, there's two very I, I special it, words that we motard just aren't is, is, is offensive. In That's like saying direction. Jiminy Cricket, John. It's like you know what you really want to say. <laughs> if you have the, if you have tarred, it's at like the calling end somebody of- a maggot. <laughs> <laughs> Listen like, to your maggot. Quit acting like a maggot or a mag. <laughs> you're such a, you're such a mag. Quit acting so maggy. You could say you could say flame tarred. You could say you could. Well, you can't say flow tarred because that's a girl I know. But hmm. you can put tarred at the end of anything, and it's it's automatically offensive. It's horribly offensive, and Oriental it's a hor- it's an tarred. awful. <laughs> that's the old john that's two, the old john we just lost two listeners in canada you should have a medical procedure more often this is the john this is the john uh you know i, I think if you keep it fresh i'll do i'll do clown tard i'll do dick tard clown tard uh, i'll do fuck tard you know what i learned Get from out you of my is, way clown tard <laughs> it's a little clunky you know what i learned from you is fuck stain i never i know it was a yeah, good one i never heard that before well fuck stain i mean is there a lower thing centaurum Astane yeah. for Santorum. That's right, Santorum in um, the Dan Savage. I don't want to. I do not want to talk about the Tea Party. You don't want to talk about politics, on that. Mr. Chapani. Mr. Chapani was rueful. He was a good man. He was. One, you know what? I got to tell you, John. John, he Robert, had rue. He had rue, and I don't. Dude, mean, when you first said rue, Louisiana, I you Louisiana. About, yeah, Louisiana sauce. And that's got flour in it. 
or Rue uh, the the little uh, the <laughs> Louisiana little... sauce. That's, That's my new stripper sauce. name. My new stripper name is going to be Louisiana, Louisiana sauce. <laughs> or Rue the baby kangaroo in Winnie the Pooh. Oh. Or Rue short for Roofie. A Royfenol. Uh, <laughs> I think you're having a stroke. <laughs> All right, here's the it thing. It would be the first one I had today. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Trapani was super nice. Now, Mr. Mr. Detlefson, I was not in AP history. You I, cannot you cannot be a nice teacher if your name is Detlefson. No. Isn't that awful? Yeah, it just, it's just you're a born prick. You get a cold sore just saying that. Ow. Detlefson. I mean, Detlef Shrimp seemed like a nice guy. Detlef Shrimp? Detlef Shrimp. He was a basketball player back in the old days. Back wow. when Seattle had a basketball team. Uh, the Sonics? That's right. And where, where, this, where are the Sonics? Here we go again. Now, where are the Sonics? Oh, don't tell me they're in Iowa. No, Oklahoma City. Oh, for the love of Christ, that makes me angry, John. I, I hate sports. You know this about me. I hate sports. But I, the only thing I hate more than sports is people who like sports and yeah. people <laughs> who can suffer the idea of a regional name going to a different fucking place. That makes oh, no, me here's so the thing. goddamn they moved mad. To Oklahoma City, and now they're called like the, the Oklahoma City Gold Stars or the Oklahoma City like... That sounds, sun- like, a, that sounds like a sex thing. They're like the Sunshine Rainbows now or something. They, <laughs> their name, they have one of those expansion names. I don't care about sports either. No. But, but all the new teams, like the old teams have names that, that I don't know, maybe it's just because they're old. Utah Jazz. Don't get me started on Utah Jazz. Okay, Utah Jazz. That's terrible. That doesn't, even, that doesn't but, make a lick of sense. What the, what the hell is an, what the hell is a, like a, a Oklahoma City Sunshine Rainbow? That's no name for a basketball team. Is that the Panhandle State? That that state does have a panhandle. It's one of a few states that they has should a call them the panhandlers, the Oklahoma panhandlers. You know, Alaska has a panhandle too that we call the panhandle. That's what she said. Really, you call it the panhandle? Oh, it's that little. It's a little wang at the bottom, right? Well, there are two wangs. There's the there's is the it a nose wang and the tail wang. Okay, is it is it count as a peninsula? Is it archipelago? It's an archipelago. God, I love saying that. It's a great word. I'd go to a gulag just so I could say that. It sounds awesome. Now, here's the thing about Mr. Detlefson. I never had AP history. I was in clown tart history, yeah. um, where, where truly, truly, the, 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 at one point, uh, in disguise, I've mentioned this before in another program, but the, uh, the teacher of the class, who was a coach. Detlefson. It was, nope. No, this was Mr. I don't know. I think he had like a borrowed name. He, oh, okay. But this guy, my class, this guy actually one day said that as part of this treaty, the Indians would get, uh, the Native Americans would get uh, two-fifths of the land or 40%, whichever was more. So that was a good class. Now, my friend Sam had AP history, which is advanced placement history. That's right. And uh, Mr. Detlison was famous for two things. Well, first of all, it was just a hard class in general. But at he had this is clown tart history. No, no, no. Sorry, now I'm back to Sam's class. AP. Oh, so oh, this is the right. guy who looked like Job of the Hut. Right. He's in the racket with his wife, and he, uh, Mr. Detlison, is a super hard class, and he, I think he did two every semester. Two 20-page papers. Yeah. I, I don't think I ever wrote one 20-page paper in high school. That's not normal for high school. Yeah, you ready for this? Your second 20-page paper, this is, I believe, the day before like Christmas break or whatever. You know, <laughs> uh, For one thing, also, Mr. Detlison demanded that AP history always be fourth, uh, fourth period right. so that you could take his tests through lunch. Yeah, what a tough ass. Okay, so you go and in then, there. And then the, the second 20-page paper was uh, was 90% of your grade. Oh, no, no, this was a giant, giant part of your grade. So get this, it's December, whatever, 21st. Yeah. You go in there, 22nd, whatever, you go in there. And no, school's always out by December 18th. I'm sorry, there's already a flaw, I should have checked this. The day before Christmas starts, Christmas break, you go right, in there. Right, right, right. A, 
put your 20-page paper on my desk. Yes. B, you got your final or your semifinal. That you have to take now. Yeah. Oh, and he puts God. it down in front of you. Uh, this is a real. This is a real blue book. You ready for this? Yeah. Discuss World War II. That's the question. How fucking great is Mr. Detlefson? Discuss World War II. Exactly. Take as long oh, as you want. I would have. I would have taken that test all the way through lunch. I you would have gotten, taken it through today. You'd still be sitting there. I would, I would be graduating from college on your beard in World War II. If you could get a degree in World War II, I would have. I would have a PhD. You, there would be no Cold War without World War II, John. I don't have to tell you that. Good heavens! I don't even know where to start with that statement. Now, at the time, that was merely one of those like. I don't know. You know the kinds of stories. You hear those stories again, like the teachers with the paddles with the holes in them. This is one of those things, but this was real. Sure. And, well, AP history, I mean, the AP history attracts the kind of teacher who justifies any manner of sadism by saying that they are preparing you for college. I'm preparing you for this is what it's going to be like in college. I'm preparing you. So it's the first time it's the first time in your school career, if you can call it that, that somebody actually makes good on that bullshit promise that they're not going to treat you like a kid next year. Yeah, Cause yeah, you yeah. hear that, you hear that from fucking preschool. Oh, and let me tell you, when you get to second grade, they're not going to treat you like a kid anymore. Yeah, you're you're going to have to use sharp crayons. Use cursive, you know, but of course then it's just a bunch of bullshit about standing in line. I got to right, tell you, the- buddy, I think, I think discuss world war two is maybe the, the greatest blue book question of all time. It's wonderful. It separates the men from the boys, the wheat well, from the chaff. What you, what I, maybe you, what I would not have known then that I know now is you just have to write something really fucking awesome about an aspect of that, right? You mm-hmm. don't have to go like, and then this happened, and then, 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 because, like, you don't have to just spit out everything you know. You have to write something cogent that fits in the book. Like, I would right. know that now. Right. Well, so, that's, the, that's what's true about all essay questions. I mean, they're just looking for you to be, you can, you can, you can, you can show that you have uh, a, a, uh, Command of the language, yeah, but uh, yeah, you can show that you 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 have a deep knowledge of a of a topic by just kind of skating across the top of it if you if you write with confidence. But that's the problem in high school. You can't you can't count on you can't count on even ten percent of the kids being able to write. Well, imagine imagine like for example, I don't you know this stuff better than me, but imagine a lead. That was something like, you know, whatever, with 20 million dead and da 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 happening. Who would have imagined 50, that it's 50, 50 million? million See, I'm already, I'm already off the thing. But say, and go back to the train car. Like, you got a bookend now. You say, who right. would have guessed with the Cold War beginning, you got the two sides, these great allies broken apart. Who would have guessed that this all began back in this train car? This all began on a summer day in 1939. No, that's not nonsense. What was that? That one was Versailles. Quick, don't overthink it. What the Treaty of Versailles? Yeah, no, the place with the fucking mirrors, John. <laughs> uh, the Treaty of Versailles was nineteen nineteen. Nineteen Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt, president then. Teddy Roosevelt. No, Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow. Oh, of course, he's on the money. What, what? money is Woodrow Wilson on? I think he's on the hundred thousand dollar bill. <laughs> the Woodrow Wilson. That's why all the rappers are like. Yo, give me the Woodies. Give me the Wilsons. I hope I It's am, all about the Wilsons. I hope I'm right about this. <laughs> yep, yep, Google it. $100,000 bill. Woodrow Wilson is on the $100,000 bill. I'm not going to lie to you, John. There are not a lot in circulation. Well. Can you imagine feel, how bad you would feel if you lost that? 
If I lost that bet? Well, no, no. I mean, there, you there, already lost the bet, but I'm saying if you had, <laughs> you thought, you know what? It's been a good year. I'm just going to go get. Well, see, that th- those bills are for banks. Those bills are for banks only. That's a terrible. And during the gold standard, My having God, a $100,000 bill? Woodrow Wilson is on the $100,000 bill. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You know, Bruce, yeah, you, Bruce Valanche is on the $3 bill. You, why I oughta. They, they, uh, they don't let those $100,000 bills out. And this is the thing that's very frustrating. They hold, they hold them up to the light. In Europe, they have 500 euro bills that are in, that are in wide circulation. 200 euro bills, 500 euro bills. That's, like a, that's like a grand? 500 euros? No, it's like $600. Hmm. Now, this is Europe? Europe, yeah. Hmm, okay, um, but uh, but they, but we have five hundred dollar bills here, but you can't, you can't. Uh, they won't give them to you. Well, it's the, tyr- it's pre- the tyranny of the twenty. The tyranny of the twenty because of the ATM. President McKinley, President McKinley's President on the five hundred dollar bill. Now that you got me thinking about this, I'm crazy about it. Hmm. There's a website that I was on very recently that tells you how much your coinage is worth. If you melt it down, just for the melt weight of the metal in the coins, I do not want to know that for pennies. It would make me so angry. It's pretty nuts for pennies. It's cost. <laughs> doesn't it cost like two cents to make a penny? Oh, it's. I think pennies are worth more than two cents now. Um, and, and and hobos are stealing copper pipes. Jesus Christ! What is wrong with this country, John? You know what we need is uh, hobos have been stealing copper pipe for a long time. Everybody's always trying to steal your copper pipe. They are. It's a copper pipe problem. But uh, but no, here the, this uh, this website. I'm gonna this. I'm gonna plug a website. It's called Coinflation. C o i n f l a t i o n dot com. Coinflation, and it will tell you the melt value of your coins. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah, it's really, 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 really cool. I, I don't say this often, uh, John, but this is one of the resources that those fat cats in the government do not want you to know about. That's exactly right. So just like a 1964 quarter, a 1964 quarter uh, is worth like, well, uh, it's, it's uh, worth like $4, $4 huh. and, and 30 cents. In uh, just in silver weight, if you find one of those, if you find a 1963 quarter in your pocket change, yeah. and you think like, oh yeah, that's probably worth something. They're still using uh, pre-embargo silver at that time. Pre-embargo silver. Yeah, like you want to get a Havana or something like that. You know, before the, uh, you know, uh, you know, Kennedy, Kennedy stocked up on uh, Havana cigars before the embargo. You know that, right? Mm, oh, embargo silver. Mm-hmm. That's one way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Boy, this is really amazing. 95% copper. Look at that. Now, you know, nickel's a carcinogen. You know that, right? Well, if you smoke it. Hmm. How do you do it? I just well, put I, them in my nose. I, uh, I, I, I use them as a suppository. Mm-hmm. I, I stick a roll of nickels up there. You think and, you can find a five-cent suppository somewhere? I don't think so. Well, no. Not not now that nickels are worth a dollar fifty in is, nickel. This is a fucking upside-down society. You know, Mr. Detlefson, I w- we should get in touch with him and find out what he thinks of this. Discuss melted coins. You know I don't want to I mean? talk about Mr. Detlefson. He sounds like a real hard-ass. He was. He was huge. I got kicked out of AP history. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, and this is when you and your mom was thinking of uh, sending you to special school. Yeah, this was, it was a scandal. So, can you tell me about it? Well, so, AP history... Right, you're supposed to get college credit if you if you get a good grade in AP history. You can 
they'll give you credit for it when you Does move. Does any college really take that? Isn't that kind of like a like a like a traveler's I, check? Is that, is that real? You, I think if you go to Princeton, they probably don't care about your AP history exam. But uh, but maybe you know at the University of Alaska Anchorage, maybe you can skip freshman history or something. I think at the University of South Florida, you could clip out of the first two years. They call it, they call it uh, automatic junior. <laughs> but in my case, I uh, I was in this history class, and um, and I had long, long, long since stopped paying attention in school. <laughs> uh, and I, I I was taking a makeup exam out in the hall, and I had my history book in the little the little rack. That was attached to my, that was bolted to my little chair desk combo thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and at a certain point in the test, I looked down and flipped through the pages and tried to look, see if I could figure out when the War of 1812 was or whatever the hell question he was asking. And, uh, he can't, he, the teacher was out in the hall and he came around the corner and saw me cheating. And it was a cheating scandal. And, uh, he gave me an F. And was and he actually cried real tears like you were one of my favorite students and you're cheating and it just I couldn't believe that you would do such a thing it's a betrayal of the oh that's awful education and and betrayal of of you you're betraying yourself and all this terrible stuff it was just like a real burden of guilt and shame for my cheating scandal which was me looking you know flipping through the table of contents of my history book out in the hall it's not I mean, like what, I, what's cheating though right it was cheating it was cheating all right it was cheating. i used to, I used to cheat but like hell in that in that fake history class but in any case yeah. at the end of the senior year i've told you this story right i didn't have enough credits to graduate because i graduated last in my class in high school <laughs> You graduated last in your class. Yeah, I was la- absolutely last in my class. I had the I had a one point two cumulative GPA through four years of high school. I I was I was I, that's the list, ni- nice grouping. Yeah, on the li- list of graduating seniors, there were like twenty five guys, twenty five people who had higher GPAs than I did that were actually held back and not allowed to graduate. A couple that had died when they're sophomores. They, they, they called me in. The, the principal and the guidance counselors and the teachers were yeah they 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 called me down to the office and they were all there and they said look we talked about it and we don't want you to come back <laughs> so here you'll see here in AP history that you you have an F but we're going to award you the credits. And we're giving you some credit for your extracurricular activities. Come on. You got, an, you got an antisocial promotion. That you'll see over here in column B. That's insane. And so congratulations. Good luck. Godspeed. So you got a diploma. Oh, yeah. And, and, and the thing was that the, stu- the student body knew that I didn't have enough credits to graduate. The, the word had leaked out in the month up, coming up to graduation. And so it was already a scandal. It was, a, you know, buzz, 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 buzz. You know, Roderick's not going to graduate. Buzz, 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 buzz. And um, so right up until the day of graduation, it was, um, it was still, I mean, like, it was still a, 
matter of contention. Some people were saying, no, of course he's going to graduate. And some people were, there were, people were betting cases of beer back and forth. <laughs> and then, um, and then I, I, I walked at the ceremony and when they called my name, it was like, it, uh, you heard in the whole, cause the, the graduations in the big auditorium, you know, and you heard, um, like 75 raspberries across the room. Like they were like John Roderick, just people all through the hall, all making raspberries and mostly faculty (laughs) honking their little air horns. It was a, it was, it was kind of rude actually. Um, but that's how it played out. There's so much wrong with that on every level. I just think that is really sick. Yeah. That they, that they let you do that, and that's that, the way. That's the way. That's how it goes. That is Who so you know? messed up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I could see you being a real nuisance. I've heard about some of your customer service problems in the past, but even the faculty, John. And it wasn't like they said, "Oh, you're a good kid." They give you a little chuck on the shoulder and say, "Hey, good luck at uh, Gonzaga or whatever." Like this is this is going to be that that's that's really that's that's a holocaust, John. They should never let you graduate. That's ridiculous. Yeah. No, there was there was nothing about it that was like, "Oh, you you nut." It was very much like, <clears throat> don't come back. I, I, I mean, I completely understand. And, and I think, well, I mean, I see my position was I wasn't that bad, but I, I see then the other thing was at our graduation, everybody went to graduation. Now, how fucked up is this? This is, this is very locky in a closet kind of thing. You go to graduation, you sit there, they call your name. You got to go. Like, even if you failed out, you still have to walk. No. Oh, that's cruel. And if you didn't, uh, cause you know, that would script the seating, right? So you, that's you brutal. They hand you a, a, a case with a blank case. There's no diploma in it. It looks like you got a diploma, but there's no diploma. Inside. No way. But, but you but people know all your friends know. Maybe I did not know until I looked inside whether I would have a diploma. Wow. I was, I was right, I was right on the edge. For all I know, it was a clerical error. But like I said, I failed two classes when I was a senior. I was, I shouldn't have graduated, uh, but I, I, somehow it happened. I taken, yeah. I was taking like geometry in 12th grade. You know, I, I it's a, it's a, that's, that's a busted ass system. You know, I, Mr. Detlison, now that, that's a guy who could really turn things around. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, I don't, because I don't think no. Mr. Detlefson could turn it around. See, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't think have... the system's broken. But okay, so uh, not to. Make I this... had a conversation with a girl today on the phone. Well, wow, a, let me mark my calendar. A business conversation. Oh. In a business capacity, she's in PR, right? And this girl got PR? to the end. Is she in PR? No, no, no. She, she's in. Uh, you know, she's some in some music business capacity. Let's okay. just say. All right. And. Um, Halfway through the conversation, you know, she she works at an office where I have, I, I have business dealings. They're in town, not not in Seattle. Okay. And I said uh, to her uh, halfway through the conversation, I was like, "So have we met before?" And she said, "I don't know." And I, I was like, "Oh, uh, all right." <laughs> Did I ruin your life? <laughs> That's weird. Um, are you sure you don't know? I would think. That you working in an office that deals with musicians would know if you had met me. But okay, that's fine. And so we talked a little bit more and we got to the end of the conversation. I said, well, thank you very much for your help. And she said, yeah. Hmm. And then there was a long pause. And I said, okay, then. 
goodbye. And she was like, oh, goodbye. And it felt like I was, it felt like I was in, uh, like I was in Teletubbies land. And I'm, and this is a, we're, we're talking about real money, this girl and I, we're, we're, we're having, we're having a, this is like high powered business convo. Is it, is, is it about agreeing to do things? It's about agreeing to do things. That's serious stuff. Yeah. I was giving her verbal authorization for to for to make some money that's a strange way for someone on that call to talk yeah and she's talking to me like it's a teletubbies thing and you could tell from her voice that she was in her tw- in her 20s per- potentially in her early 20s and i imagine maybe that she was wearing some some skin tight jeans and maybe some big white sunglasses but even and and like a palestinian scarf but even so her phone, her phone etiquette was so off the charts in the wrong direction bad that it made me think that the, the that it was ultimately the fault of the American schools. Mm-hmm. But more than that, like further evidence of this thing that we're always talking about this, the the end times, that as represented by, like, like. The, the sweeping waves of fake autism that we call we call youth culture now. Yeah. Did you get any resolution to this? No, I hung, I wasn't even sure that we had hung up. I, I sat and stared at my phone for like 30 seconds. I was like, is that, are we, are we done? I've had a lot of conversations with people that go like that in the last five years. And even excluding the fact that I don't like talking on the phone and I talk too fast, I, yeah. I often say this to people. I will actually sometimes say to people, are you checking your email right now? Oh. Because I can, I mean, I know I talk a lot. It can you can hear them tedious. not be, ta- be listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, yeah. uh, yeah, um, um, I okay. think, I think that's awesome. Great. No, that right there. Okay. So, and you're like, what? That, Huh? Did you yeah. hit, hit, hit with a sock full of pennies? Like, what, what's going on? Like, what, what, what is that? For that, a long time, I carried on all phone conversations while playing uh, computer. So, solid, you're, yeah, Munster, you say it's, it keeps you in the right zone for a phone call. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then I realized that, no, that's false. I was, too much of me was being used up. I was not actually, I was not actually in the phone conversation as oh. much as I needed to be. I cannot do it, John. I might as well be like driving on a highway and trying to chop green peppers. I, I cannot do it. It's so obvious. And I'll actually stop and say things like, and I <laughs> should not try to do two things at once. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I you know what, John, I, I got, I'm with you. I think it could be the schools. I think at every step of the way, this is messed up. I think you and I are both examples of white people who got to graduate from high school that shouldn't have. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, all of my teachers were really, almost all really stupid. Some of them well, were awesome. My, my drama so teacher, the, my drama teacher on, was amazing. She was great. On the one hand, we did, we clearly did not do what was asked of us. Mm-hmm. And so in that sense, should not have been allowed to graduate from high school because we did not perform the tasks. But on the other hand, I, personally, I feel like I never should have even gone in the front doors of high school. 
You know what they like, used to say? They used to say that, you know what separates us from the Soviets? They say, you know, the Soviets, they go in and by whatever, some grade, doesn't matter, I'm sure they were making it up anyway. They go in and they pluck you out of there and they give you a test and not everybody gets this nice education you're getting when they're 14. You would be like learning how to work a lathe at this point. Right, and I don't right. know if that's true or not, but I kind of wish Soviets I had that. Will, the Soviets I, will shoot a dog into space without any contingency plan for the dog ever coming back. This is why we lost the Cold War. It was our fear of shooting dogs. Did we lose the Cold War? Uh, you know, you're the expert. Yeah. No, but I, I'm totally with you. I wish the Soviet system, in a slightly more improved way, had been there to benefit me. I think they should have looked for people who were riding Aussie on their folder, you know, and were a and little taught heavy. taught them how to work a, a lathe? And were a little heavy. I are, think you probably, saying, are you saying that you'd be happier right now, like, working a metal press somewhere? I don't know. What kind of work does he do? Here's the thing. Here's what I think a lot of people don't understand about America. Okay? Do you know why they give people the SAT? You know this. SATs um, are according... It's to keep the black man down, right? Right. I mean, it's so hard to spell. And SAT? Absolutely. No. The reason that they do it, as I that, understand it, is that's that... racist. Of all of the, like, like I don't know, like fucking chicken bones they come up with to decide how you will be, quote unquote, successful in college. And let's be honest. It's not like you get out of secondary school and suddenly everybody's really smart. Like, it's a whole big broken system. Mm-hmm. And But supposedly SATs are the single best indicator of success in college. I don't know if that is true. That's what I was told at the time. And that's why the, you have to take the SAT mm-hmm. because they can look at stuff like your essay or they can look at stuff like your grades in your community, blah, blah. And again, this is 25 years ago, so I don't know if this is still the case. But that was that was the thing. But success in college is no indication of success in life. Yeah, but if you don't go to college, your life's going to be a lot harder. So if you don't do that SAT well... Did you graduate from college? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a college diploma? Uh, Yeah. How come it's not hanging prominently on the wall of your living room? Oh, it's right, it's right here by my divinity degree and my... Uh, <laughs> well, you have a degree in divinity? Well, you know, I, no, actually, I I was all made up. I, oh, I do right. have a diploma. I, I am a mail order minister like everyone I know. Right, sure, but, me too. Uh, I have a friend who's, who lives near the Universal Life Church. There's an actual building? Yeah, the guy's pickup truck is full of pamphlets, apparently. And he well, had, I should go down there. I'm a Universal Life member. Apparently, he keeps a lot of money around the house, just FYI. <laughs> well, you know, I never graduated from college. Hang on. I thought, I thought you had a master's degree. I'm a college dropout. Huh. Yeah. So you, 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 got, you, you, got, you got socially, uh, you got an, uh, anti-socially, unsocially promoted out of high school, and yeah. then you didn't graduate from two colleges. Yeah, right. Are you... Did you not do a thesis? I have more than enough credits to graduate. From oh, college. usually I don't want your stupid diploma. Fuck you, you don't. I just have never. It's much more like, yeah, uh, I haven't filled out the paperwork to graduate. I'm so and reluctant. It, I'm so reluctant to ask you anything about this, John. <laughs> it just makes me feel like I still got a hand in the game. You're saying you didn't fill out a form, and therefore, after your family paid all that money for you to go to college, you. Are not college graduate because you didn't go to the registrar one day? Well, I mean, there's it's a more couple, complicated than that. <laughs> it's a little more complicated than there's that. There's several days I didn't go to the registrar. <laughs> Do you remember how much of that administrative bullshit there was, though, in college? There was oh. so much, at least in my school, there was so, because we were a state school. There was a lot, but I had, I had, I lucked out. I really lucked out. They ask you to leave. <laughs> well, said, the, Gonzaga go. asked me to leave, but my first day at the University of Washington, 
See, Gonzaga was on a quarter system. I'm sorry. Gonzaga was on a semester system, and the UW was on a quarter system. Okay. Right? So the credits don't, don't all transfer. It, or it, they, don't, they don't transfer straight across. Mm-hmm. And so... That's, that's I, at, 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 at a good slash weird school, that's not unusual at all. My school would hardly give you any credit for anything. Because they're yeah, like, yeah, that, it's that, not that, even that we don't have that class here. It's just that we're better than all those other schools. Oh, yeah, the and like, no exactly way are we doing like that. They were just yeah. like, oh, you got a who from a what? Well, maybe we'll give you a quarter's worth of credit for that semester class. Or it's maybe like a, we'll, no, it's like an intellectual pawn shop. Absolutely. So I, I show up at the guidance counselor's, uh, you know, the big guidance counselor office where there's wait. It's a waiting area. It's like a, uh, it's like a bus station waiting area. There's sixty kids waiting, all who've taken a number, and oh, there, God, I there are it. doors on either side. There are probably fifteen or twenty different guidance counselors, and it's just like your number gets called, and you go in the door of the next available guidance counselor who will in the next half hour decide decide your fate in college and also your this is going to be your guidance counselor for the, re- the rest of your, your time here like this is a person you're going to see over and over again and i'm sitting in the lobby and i'm just like oh god i i hate i hate everything about this and and because of that whole business with gonzaga where they were like we won't include your permanent record with you. You know, if you go now, we won't, we won't send all the disciplinary files along with you. I had no proof that they had not done that. It's like witness protection. So I'm sitting in the lobby, you know, kind of like bouncing my feet back and forth, just kind of like, okay, I hope this goes well. And I get called into the office of this guidance counselor who is a, a woman. She's about four foot 11 she has a Dorothy Hamill haircut. She probably weighs 96 pounds. And NPR tote bag. And she has an NPR tote bag. And she's this darling little pixie of a lady who, uh, uh, who was an attorney for many years and then transitioned into this role at the University of Washington Guidance Counseling. I'm not sure why. So I never did figure out why. And she brought me in, sat, sat me down in the chair, and we started talking. The conversation got very flirtatious. And she came around the desk and sat down in the chair next to me and said, let's see what we can do. And she went through my Gonzaga credits, and she was like, oh, well, we don't have this, but we don't have this class here, but here's what I'm going to do. We'll just call it the next highest level class. And we'll just say that you have credit for all of it. And she took my two years at Gonzaga and she translated that into me being halfway through my junior year what? with a major in Russian lit and a minor in or a double minor in um, like ancient Greek and philosophy. Who's going to check that? <laughs> and I was just like, tell me more. And then she wow. asked me out on a date. Come on. Yeah. This sounds like a penthouse forum. It was incredible. And we went out for like several months. While you were matriculating? I was 22. She was 38. Oh my God. And she was, she held my future in the palm of her hand. Literally. And 
and literally that wasn't all she held in the palm of my hand. Mm-hmm. And she she would use that sometimes to get me to do things in the romantic Se- sexy realm. things. Sexy things. <laughs> she she would remind me of the power that she had oh my over God. my future. It was a total May September reverse sexual the, the the reverse of what you normally think of as the sexual dynamics power dynamics mm-hmm. she really had me not exactly under her thumb but if i stepped out allowed she she applied a certain amount of pressure and she was a tiny little pixie of a gal and but had no compunction about like get, giving me the giving me the business breeding me the riot act would she say it overtly, or was it like, well, you know, three ring binders can have papers fall out, that well, kind of thing? Yeah, exactly that type of thing. And one time called my mom. She couldn't get a hold of me. Oh, that is so creepy. Called my mom and was like, this is John's guidance counselor. I'm concerned about his well-being. Do you know his whereabouts? That's and, insane. And my mom, you know, God bless her, just smelled a fish or just smelled, smelled something fishy right away. She was like, what? Who who is this? Why are you calling me here? And really gave her like kind of scared her in the opposite direction, like, this is highly inappropriate, that type of thing. And she never did that again. But uh but yeah, eventually the relationship ended kind of disastrously, but not before not before all those papers had been filed. Let's just say I waited until all the paperwork had been filed and was stamped and sent off to the to the great warehouse in the sky. But, uh, but you know, it was a fairly, it was an eye-opening relationship for me as, as a young man. Because, you know, you're not, you don't usually get into those kinds of scrapes. Do you think you're the only one? Well, I certainly was her, her cause. She might, that, have, she might have had people behind other doors. For that year. Well, she devoted a lot of time to me. I, there wouldn't have been a lot of extra t- extra free time for her to have other undergraduates. But, um, but do you think she did a lot of mentoring over the years? She she certainly she certainly mentored me. And you know, Merlin, I have to say, as a young man, I had a tremendous charisma. Would Would she agree with that? Unlike now, <laughs> now I think you would you would you would categorize me as a as a grotesquerie. But at the time I was, you know, even in that unflattering office lighting, you could really pull it off <laughs> at the time. I, you know, I used to wear sweaters, uh, jauntily draped across my shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I, hmm. you know, I was one of those guys that wore Levi's that had been dyed a different hmm. color. So they weren't just the regular Levi's. They were, they had a purple tint to them. <laughs> you're, you sell, you're selling past the clothes. I don't, I don't know how she could, you know, I, had, I had a lot going wow. on. But anyway, that's another example, though, John. I mean, what a fucking travesty! That's ridiculous. It's it 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 was it was another in a long line of incidents, or another in a long line of of uh, of of happenings where I walked away saying, "Well, the next guy, the next guy in her office is probably going to get he's probably going to get his bed short sheeted because she just gave away the farm to me." And, you know, the next kid that comes in is like, I've got these transfer credits from Wazoo. And she's just like, nope, sorry. Start over. So I, I have to imagine that it's, it's, it's not precisely like a sales kind of position, but what credits they take 
it's certainly going to affect the school's bottom line on some level. I mean, not to make this mercantile, but if you take a ton of credits for stuff, you're not only utter, undercutting, you're selling short mm-hmm. in a, almost the true sense of the word. You're selling short your own academic credentials, but you're also harming revenue. Like she basically – you shouldn't have gotten shit. You should have right. paid for two more years of school like a man. <laughs> right. That's right. that's ridiculous. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's super frustrating. Mm. <laughs> especially especially since I didn't I ended up still have never you graduated. still didn't graduate yeah you know what you should do you should you should look her up on the Facebook maybe maybe she could move a couple things around well, well, oh, how old would she no, be I now probably be a terrible idea she'd be 55 or so uh well let's see I was 22 then mm-hmm. and I'm 42 now so she would be 58 that's a nice that's a yeah. nice time to hear the phone ring when you're 58 sure remember me died Levi's hey Remember me? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think we would. I think uh, if I uh, thinking about the way we left it, I think we would pick right back up where we. You where should we stand left outside it. her window with a boombox. <laughs> I'm sure she kept her figure. Yeah, too bad you couldn't. The the the, the, the amazing thing is that those people wield so much power. The registrar, and that, I mean the capital R registrar at our school, the person who headed up that whole administrative department. Well, it's like the gals at the DMV. They, you know. They're the first all, all, line of all, gal, all gals. No, <laughs> <laughs> the gals. The gals of the DMV, yeah. Actually, the last time I went to the DMV, yeah. every single person I dealt with was a guy. You sure? Absolutely positive. Hmm. And uh, make, make them do all the work. There was, uh, there, was, uh, there was, it's a whole string of guys, but then I was getting a, that top secret driver's license. So. <laughs> you're getting a no wait a minute was there more favoritism for you here i got a top secret driver's license i didn't tell you about this driver's license no i got a lot to follow up on but i'm gonna i want to hear about the yeah tell me about that they got driver's licenses now in washington state that function as like uh, as a like junior varsity passports so you can cross overland any overland border into america from canada or mexico plus any Arrival in America from a ship. If you're on board a ship. <laughs> this sounds so made up. No, no, no. A and you state can, government is allowed to give you federal clearance? Yeah, yeah. You can use this driver's license. No fucking. That is, not, that is not real. If you arrive, if you arrive uh, either by land or by sea. That sounds like something you buy on like a sheet of like, like uh, scored Avery sheets, like a cheap business card, and you just cut them up. That, just, that, no, that, no, that no. sounds ridiculous. It's, it's a real thing, and it, it's, hmm. uh, the, the driver's license is embedded with all this biometric information. And, uh, that's what the guy said anyway. <laughs> that's what he said. And uh, they make me carry it in a, in a tinfoil sheath so that people can't scan it. <laughs> When I walk through public places. Oh, so it's got an RFID or like a it's smart an, card. It's got an RFID on it. And they were like, no, you got to carry it in this tinfoil, tinfoil uh, wallet, small wallet now. God, John, I really sincerely hope this is true. And Washington State is, I think, the first state or the only state that has this special advanced driver's license. And it was a real watershed moment for me as a citizen because for many years I didn't have any government ID at all. And I, I eschewed citizenship even though you were born in the united states and then because i because i did not want to be complicit in uh, all the and all the machinations 
of citizenship. You I know what not- makes you frustrating? It makes what? what makes you frustrating is is not only that you get off easy on this stuff, but you do it by a fucking avoiding paperwork. Like everybody <laughs> hates paperwork, but somehow you've managed to come up, cobble together this little broken lifestyle of yours based on talking to ladies on the phone and getting favors from people with pixie cuts. I have no idea. This is everything you're describing here is completely inscrutable. You get a special license in a, in a, in a tin sheath, fucking Washington, really? Like before you're saying before Virginia gets that. Yeah, you're telling me Washington gets that. Yeah, if there's any state, if there's any state, there's two states that should get that: Maryland and Virginia. That yep. would make sense because nope. you know who wants that? Senators. Yeah, we don't we don't let them have that. But Washington, that's bananas. Is way ahead. Is it because of the number of crossings into Canada? And the boat stuff? We have a lot of crossings, and we have a lot of boats. Big crossings. But also, we're just, we're, we're, we're forward thinkers here. So anyway, I went in, and I got this thing, but they make you, they make you go through all this extra, extra hullabaloo, because it's a, because it's this official document. Like so you have screen, to. Screening and stuff? They screen you, yeah. You passed they, that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, John, I, that doesn't make any sense at because all. Because I kept so I kept everything because I didn't have an ID for so many years. I used to get I used to get picked up by the cops and they would they'd find out I had no ID and half the time they'd just chase me, just let, let me loose. <laughs> but in any case, in any case, so I'm someday I'm, I'm going to find out how much of this is true and it's going <laughs> to be so sad. I'm in this line and they're scanning my eyes and they're taking these three dimensional photos and they're saying like, oh. Now we're going to be able to. There are machines in airports that are going to be able to identify you by your, you know, by your biometricality. And I was standing there thinking, like, God, I'm going through all this stuff that I used to think was all Big Brother, One World, New World Order, you know, like alien overlord George Bush. Mm-hmm. No, I know super what you government. mean. The uh, like the tri- trilateral commission, internationalist kind of stuff. All that stuff that you only believe if you're smoking a lot of pot or not sleeping, and uh, or both. And I, uh, <clears throat> and here I am voluntarily submitting to all this new world order type of uh, type of extra extra data gathering, and I just didn't mind it at all. I just shrugged it off, and I said, "That's right. I'm not some. I'm not some. You know." Eritrean taxi driver. I'm a, I'm a super spy. I'm not a super spy. Boy, there's just so much wrong with that. I, you know, and so, so, so the, the, the administrative parts, think about everything we're describing here. It all involves some kind of intervention or ignorance or other stuff, mostly intervention and ignorance on the behalf of someone who's basically a bureaucrat. Like, think about all of those things. There, you have no business being cleared for anything. That doesn't make a lick of sense. I don't know how you got a loan. That doesn't make any sense. I just an evening of sitting around with you would tell somebody that you are not qualified to to, to have the keys to anything. That's just a yeah. terrible idea. You know what my credit score is? It's like eight hundred and forty. Is that good? I think so. Okay. Um, but it's weird. I mean, so we had the registrar at our school. There was a librarian. The librarian was also the person at New College. Was the person who also inspected your physical thesis to decide whether inspected your physical thesis (laughs) yeah speculum worse worse (laughs) because you had to turn in two copies of your thesis right it could be that there was the version that had been cleared by your committee and your sponsor after baccalaureate like you're done right good to go you gotta take two copies of it to althea jenkins because althea jenkins has to look at her name oh i'll never fucking forget her name 
I never forget the name of any administrator who crosses me. They're mm-hmm. all right here. Althea Jenkins. Althea Jenkins, big lady. And, uh, and, so, uh, and so since she would inspect it, every single graduate – no, it wasn't many. There was like I think it's like uh, something like 60 people in my graduating class, 100 people. Right. She would been 100. sniff it, you mean? She would sit there with a ruler to measure the margins because oh. one of those copies was bound – and, and put in, you know, they keep a thesis on file. But oh, sure. like, but what I'm trying to get at is that an administrative bureaucrat that worked for the parent university of my 500 person school was in a position to decide who was going to graduate from the Florida Honors College based on her little drugstore ruler. So if you, if you did anything wrong, if you did anything wrong, if you were like an eighth of an inch or sixteenth of an inch over on this one page, like it had printed a little bit bad, you got to go back to the drawing board. Over. Go back and start over. Go back and start over. Now, luckily, now I was just coming up in the age of, of the computers, so so this was most of us were. I mean, I wrote mine on a Mac. Everybody did, but I mean. Th- Five so, years before, it was all typewritten on a Selectric. Well, you know, Dr. Bates, she said. That if you had more than, and actually, you know, the thesis guidelines were if you had more than three erasures or corrections on a page, you had to retype it. And so with Peggy Bates, if you took Peggy Bates's class like three years before I had arrived there, you would have, she would make you redo the whole paper. If she made a correction on it, you had to turn it back in. So this is so in like the early eighties, people had to retype 20 page papers. Rawr. Seriously, that's a buck 25 a page. That runs into serious dough. But it's just, okay, so all I'm trying to say is this, John, whether it is your uh, testicleless man at the DMV, whether it is the, the idiot who scanned your eyes and gave you the clear pass, yeah. uh, whether it God is, yeah, you know, the, 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 this, this whole like phalanx of broken people who let you leave the building at all in high school. Mm-hmm. And then these people who are, who are uh, letting you through on these cra- These are all, Bureaucrats and administrators. The person who yeah. decides to pull you out of line, the TSA person, bureaucrats, bureaucrats, all bureaucrats. Isn't it insane how much you got breaks well, based I, on I, what a bureaucrat decided? Or or, I, or or you could be thwarted. You could be thwarted at any time by a bureaucrat. Interrupting your anti-bureaucratic rant. Sorry, sorry. Your anti-bureaucrat rant. I should get, I'm going to get some water. If you, if you ever travel uh, to um, any of the former Eastern Bloc countries, uh, particularly the ones in the sort of Belarus, Ukraine, Bulgaria, Romania orbit. You and, and and let's be honest, I do. You will very very quickly, and I, and I exempt Poland and the Czech Republic from Typical. from this. Although Slo- Slovakia, I think, is in this category. Hungary, not. I don't have a single acquaintance, male, female, or otherwise, who likes saying the name of Eastern Bloc countries the way that you do. But in any case, if it's a satellite country, John's going to mention it. Romania. Go, I don't have any friend that's ever said the word Romania except for you. Well, Romania is a wonderful place. I let me highly recommend it, except for this one thing, which is that the bureaucracies in those countries have completely broken down. And when you when you travel to places like that and you see what it is like when people are living in a in a in a world without bureaucracies, mm-hmm. you realize that bureaucracies are what separate us from the beasts. Mm. That that in in these places where where uh, cor- either corruption is rampant mm-hmm. or where the system has broken down totally, and it's just a sort of it's uh, uh, your culture is go- goes feral. Uh, you realize that. Oh my God! The recourse to the law that bureaucracies uh, allow us—that we can avail ourselves of these m- multiple layers of—even if you have to fill out a thousand forms—just the fact that you that the form is there and that 
at a certain point you have some hope that someone will read the form and feel obligated by their job to take the form seriously to right. consider your problem it is such a gift you won't have to bri- bribe your alderman to go and find out which person probably lost it right or you don't have to bribe the you don't have to bribe the people to pick up your garbage you don't i mean there are places the eastern block is full of this where you you're walking down the street isn't it like that everywhere isn't it true in like a, in, in central america and mexico i mean isn't it like this in a uh, lot of places it varies it varies but it's particularly it's particularly noticeable in these places because there used to be such a tremendous bureaucracy. People relied on the bureaucracy for everything. Mm-hmm. And then the bureaucracy went away and people don't have the self-reliance or they don't have the, they're, they're not, they don't have, the, they, they, there isn't a sense of like, well, if I sweep in front of my store and the guy next to me sweeps in front of his store, then we have at least a clean sidewalk for the for the front of these two stores and that'll help our business people will come our customers will come and the sidewalks will be swept you know in these places where the that mentality that where bureaucracies took care of all of that for for decades and then went away there's just a sense of like the the uh, futi- a sense of futility pervades the whole culture so it's you get these people that are like well why should i sweep in front of my store what good will it do like, well, you start sweeping in front of your store. Maybe the guy next to you will sweep in front of his store. And they, they look at you like you're crazy and go, well, no, if I sweep in front of my store, then I'm a sucker. And then the guy next to me is just going to sweep his garbage over here. You see, you see missing manhole covers throughout that area. And, you know, in Central America or whatever, you know, a lot of, a lot of the uh, rural areas, you know, they don't have, the, the, they aren't built to the same sort of, urban standard that you'll find in kiev but you walk down the street and all the manhole covers are missing and you're like what this is incredibly dangerous like you can fall into one of these and and get hurt well yeah but the but the 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 manhole cover itself was worth a certain amount of scrap metal and somebody just grabbed it and there wasn't anybody to replace it and so you just got open manhole covers all over the place. Like, talk about really having to watch where you walk. And it's because whoever's job it is up the, up the line at the Ministry of Missing Manhole Covers, <laughs> that person doesn't feel like there's no penalty when he doesn't go out and replace them because there's no form to fill out mm-hmm. to say... The manhole cover in front of my store is missing. Well, and, and then the the, the, the guy, it, it, who th- theoretically, if this exists, if there's a bureau of manhole cover replacement that oh, comes out of sure his that. budget, it comes out of his budget. He's yeah. got to process the form, the you know, three thirty two stroke D or whatever, and replacing manhole cover, and that's got to come out of his budget. And he might yep. be selling those himself for, for, for the melt value. Absolutely. Hmm. So, so uh, uh, it's not very much. You don't have to spend very much time in places where the bureaucracy doesn't work mm-hmm. to come back here and thank God for that stack of forms. But more than the stack of forms, thank God for the for the mul- the many levels of administration that always or almost always end somewhere where there is accountability. Ultimately, there's a person whose job really is at stake who hmm. will hold everyone else accountable so that the people don't just take your form and say, oh, that's nice, and they light their cigar with it. You know? I, uh, I don't there's, know. There's I, ult- ultimately, 
even if it's your congressman, yeah. ultimately you can. Re- but how do you reach your congressman, John? It's I mean, it's yes, it's be- it's certainly better. I would just like to say that for somebody who didn't graduate from college, you are an extremely articulate uh, apologist for for bureaucracy. But but but, but if to get to the congressman, like you got to be, you got to know if you you got to be like John Roderick, you got to know Ted Stevens. Well, I don't or, think you just waltz in there and go, "We want a new manhole cover." You don't walt you don't waltz into a congressman's office. Absolutely not. <laughs> you, you say I demand box, satisfaction. Foxtrot in there, but no. What I mean if. If you are a dedicated letter writer, you can accomplish a lot in the world. Hmm. Uh, what 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 people like us who don't want to go to the to the bother, mm-hmm. we are often we often feel thwarted or frustrated. And people that don't have the education to know or to be able to compose a letter or or to know that that is possible, they also are at a disadvantage. But this is what yeah. helps to be like your sister. Old people are like your sister, uh, who's yeah. great at customer service, in the sense that they have nothing better to do, and and no, no, not that she's like this necessarily, but they will grind you down, right. and and they will they will follow up on the phone call, they will stay well, on hold, they could do their they could do watch their stories while they're on hold. Not to talk about the Tea Party. Oh Jesus! This is John. this is why they have been so tremendously successful. They don't represent a majority of Americans, but they are made up entirely of people that are willing to write. 1,000 letters to their congressman and their local aldermen. These are the people that are willing to learn Robert's rules of order Mm -hmm. and disrupt town meetings. And ultimately, the reason that they have power is that in America, there is a process by which the elected office holders are accountable. The bureaucrats are accountable. The system actually for all of its, for all of its waste is incredibly effective mm. relative to like almost anywhere else in the world. I'm so glad you don't know my phone number because you would be texting me. <laughs> I would just say, you know what? I'm done here. Cause you're wrong. You're, I'm done here. Well, you're not completely <laughs> wrong, but like so many things, that's the problem is that you're, that you're mostly wrong. There's so many things where you can truly help people. Yeah. I, you know what? You know, I think you taught me this. It might've been you that taught me this. It sounds yeah. like something you Could would say. Well, what it's the kind it? of thing you, uh, well, that, um, that when you go somewhere, you learn a lot about what made the city be built there. Yeah. Right. right. And somewhere else. And I think you said this. Are there yeah. mountains? Are, is there water? Like, oh, it's because of the railroad. That's why this town exists. Or like, right. and so now I've learned that anytime something is near water, there's a, probably a pretty good chance that they decided to, you know, put their stakes down there because that would be a good place. And why they stayed there was that that would be a good place for, for ships to come into or something like that. Right. Is that, and that was probably you, right? That's uh, that is a theory that I, or not a theory that is a principle that I use all the time. It's you know once you learn that about one you, you take the oh, city it's, it's, you, it's blown my curiosity open. I have to be honest yeah. with you. It's it's totally changed everything they never taught me in my stupid high school. That one paragraph has made asking questions about things so much more interesting to me. And, and what I recommend to people is that if they if you start with your city and you look at your city in the context of of uh, the geography and the way the city interacts with the with the whatever waterway it is that is the main waterway where the railroads come in where the you know where the natural resources and the well and the i mean in our case transportation san francisco has a million of those could be where they built the ships 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not just where the ships came in, but in our case, you know, when they blew all the Japanese people out of what was called then Japantown, they moved in all the African-American folks to work in the shipbuilding factories. They just they just basically took stuff out of people's houses and moved factory workers in there. And they had a really nice lucrative lifestyle for a few years, and then it became basically a ghetto. It's This is how you learn about a town. (laughs) It's stuff like that. uh, At one o'clock in the morning... If you go, if you go down to where they take the containers off the ship and put them on the trucks and you watch the trucks head out into the night, you, and you imagine what's on those containers and you, you start to see the way that San Francisco, for instance, the role that San Francisco plays in the, in the life of the nation, you know, that, that San Francisco is really an organ that is pumping, pumping, pumping. Out into the out into the rest of the country, mm-hmm. and that at that, you know that it's really a robust system, but also a very fragile system. You know, any one of those little aspects can fall apart, and this is why when you listen to truck drivers complain about fuel costs, mm-hmm. you know, you, it, it can you can strike you as very boring. Mm-mm. But truck peak, drivers, peak oil, buddy, peak oil. Truck drivers complaining about fuel costs. Those guys are right at the, you know, Buddy, at the, look up uh, Kunstler and the peak oil. I can't even look at it. It makes I don't me so want sad. To, I don't want to look up Kunstler. 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 I don't want to look up Kunstler. Kunstler makes I know a point. A lot about Kunstler. Kunstler's a little over the top, but I'm just saying it's, <laughs> if we have gotten close to getting most of the oil out, there's not going to be a Walmart anymore. I'm, listen, I'm, if you don't want to talk about Tea Party, I'm not going to talk about peak oil. Do you understand, you. though, that everything in that Walmart is made out of plastic that is because of cheap oil? It was I, brought I, there uh, because because of trucks that are running cheap oil, but most importantly, they came from China on a giant uh, ass ship <laughs> that was running cheap even, oil. Even before that, even before that stupid China, leave China out of it. I mean, just just for chop once, a, chop a tree down and turn it into boards, yeah. and move the boards and build a house. You're you got there's a half a dozen different people in between that yeah but you're getting a fair price for the wood if you know what i mean i'm saying that if you work with walmart you bet you will and if you work with walmart you know Mm. you can go read lots of liberal magazines about this your prices have to go down every year when you work with walmart Mm -hmm. you can't afford to be there you got you know there's this is true this has been true for snapper it was true for vlasic it was true for levi's snapper used to be the premium brand of lawnmower that you could buy they decided not to go to walmart because Walmart makes you create an entire product line just for them. So when Levi's went into Walmart, they couldn't repurpose any of their existing product lines. They had to create new product lines just for – you sign up. Vlasic. Oh, you're so mad at Walmart. Uh, no, but here's the thing. Vlasic. Vlasic spent 20 years trying to like get you to understand that if you buy these premium pickles in the fucking yeah, yeah. refrigerator section, it's worth paying more because it's really good. It's now, a crisp you, pickle. It's a very crisp pickle. And it's got a fucking stork. You now go to an end cap and you can get like a five-gallon bucket of fucking pickles. Pickles for twenty cents. <laughs> Let me tell you my experience. I've only been in two Walmart. Cheap oil, John. Cheap oil. I, I went to a Walmart in Florida one time. Me too. <laughs> it was a twenty-four hour Walmart, and at three o'clock in the morning, it was full of family shopping. Kids. Yep, a lot of kids. lot of women with five kids. That's, that's when they get off work. I I ran out of that Walmart screaming. But the second time I went to a Walmart, it was on my birthday. It was in like uh, New Mexico, <laughs> and I'm walking through the I'm walking through the Walmart, and I'm just taking it all in. And there is a poster in their, like, um, uh, you know, admittedly it was in their kids section, but a poster, a wall-sized poster of Tinkerbell, the beloved Disney character, Mm -hmm. the 
the uh, disagreeable little minx, Tinkerbell. And this poster of Tinkerbell, she's, she's flying because she's a sprite. But she's looking over her shoulder at you, and she's got her little tuchus pointed at you. And the way her little feathered skirt is arranged, you can kind of, it's like you're looking up the back of her skirt at her little pixie Is it a fairy upskirt? A little fairy upskirt shot. God, and then, why do I find that so hot? That is so if, fucked up. If you look at Tinkerbell's face, you see that she's got a kind of, you know, she's blonde, right? Because, she, because why not? Mm-hmm. But she's got a very long nose. She's got a very, she's a very Judaic looking little pixie when you look at her closely. She looks like a blonde Fran Drescher. She's a she's a kind of Jewy little pixie, and she's got this big ass that she's like pushing out. You sure, she's not Italian, like Northern Italian. Well, I mean, there's some wiggle room there. Northern. She's got Italian. wings, but she's also got junk in the trunk. She might. She might. She's be got from... junk in the trunk. Hmm. I'm feeling though, just get, given like the proclivities of of the Hollywood animators of that era. Hmm. I'm thinking she's a Jewess. I'm thinking she's an Ashkenazi. Eastern uh, Europe. Little, little, uh, little, little flying bug. <laughs> and this poster is a, like a dollar 99. This fantastic piece of art. And I, it was my birthday. I bought it for myself. <laughs> and I carried it around. On this tour, I put it on the dashboard of the van, rolled up, and everybody in the van was like, what's that? I was like, don't touch that. Don't look at it. I never told them what it was. That's daddy's juice. I never told them what it was. I just drove around on the rest of the tour with this thing on the dashboard. I got home, and and I put it up on the wall. And all the the women that come over to the house, they're all... um, were you looking at it just now while you were describing it? No, no, no. I have it memorized. 